We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the biggest problems that we have encountered in our businesses and how we have solved them. Now, this is a really important conversation because if you think about it from the perspective of where you are in your business right now, so many of you are thinking, Oh, you know, Jennifer, Patricia, Daniel, they really don't get me. They just have absolutely no idea because my business is different. Well, let me first share something with you. Is your business in the business of making money? Whether it's a nonprofit organization from donors getting cash in for your mission, or it's a for-profit business, are you trying to make money? Whether or not you are, are you trying to make money? Your business is not different. Okay. All of our businesses come down to that one absolutely basic premise. We're all in business because we're trying to do something. We're all in business because we are trying to have money come in to support our life, to support our family, to support our community, to support our cause, whatever mission your company was formed for is what we're doing. So um, let me just quickly introduce, by the way, Daniel and Patricia, say hey. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you guys, in your business, and Daniel, I'm going to start with you. In your business, if there was one mistake or problem that you had in your business. What do you think that was? How did you identify it? And what did you ultimately do to resolve that to put you on better footing? Wow, that's a loaded question, Jennifer. <laughs> it's very complicated. Um, well, let's break it down so, into the well, problem first. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, uh, before I, I dive into answering that, I just wanted to echo what you were saying that um, you know, might look at, uh, at working in our businesses. Here we are, advice to business owners to grow their business. People might get the impression that uh, we have it all together. And I, I do want to say that I'm a small business owner, just like a lot of people who are listening to this podcast means that I wear all the hats in my business and just every business has the same core function or the same core systems, whatever you want to call it, divisions inside our business. There's going to be some kind of a sales and marketing component. There's always going to be some kind of an operations component. There's always some kind of a finance uh, component that's part of every business. 
And so just like everyone out there who's listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I'm in charge of figuring out where my dog going to go for marketing. Yep, I've got to take care of the customers. Uh, yep, I've got to do the bookkeeping or at least meet with my bookkeeper or CPA. Whatever, you're, you are wearing all of the hats in your business. And so am I. Uh, so is Jennifer. So is Patricia. Uh, so we do understand uh, what it's like to be a small business owner and to uh, to run up against problems in various areas of your business. I wanted to echo what you were saying uh, earlier, Jennifer, first, and say that truly, uh, while all businesses might be in various industries and might do different things, there are so many components same from business to business advice that we're sharing about uh, what you can do in your business really should translate easily from business to business. So that being said, well, thank you for let me begin that. to answer the question. <laughs> thank you for echoing that. It's really important that our listeners um, really understand that because as they're looking at what it is that they're doing in their business and they can figure out what it is that we personally have dealt with and how it can possibly translate to problems that they're experiencing, knowing that we all wear the same hats like they do. There's a lot of things that we're all doing that are going to be making that difference. And so think about, as you're listening to this episode, what is your biggest issue that you're trying to deal with? And as Daniel, Patricia, and I are talking about what we did and how we came to the realization and solved our concerns. That may be a major eye-opener for you as well, and certainly something that you can try to do. So Daniel, let's jump in. So what was the problem that you experienced that you needed to figure out what it was and how to deal with? Sure. Yeah. So um, the biggest problem is uh, getting my practice started and actually still continues to be my biggest problem today. It my time uh, really is what it comes down to. Um, there are so many different things that I have uh, to get my practice started. And now um, it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. The problem gets compounded. The more clients that I work with, the more people that I help. And for me, it's time management. Then that problem gets even worse because now I have to overcome my own. So here's where science comes in, right? We know that things, not rest tends to stay at rest. And I can be a lazy sometimes if I don't crack the whip on my and force myself to get things done. So I can go into more detail here about time management, but uh, I like to make the joke that worst employee in my business, you know, he just, he won't make phone calls. He watch videos all day. Uh, won't get anything done. Won't do anything. And he's just going to sit there and yeah. That's I mean, good. I can, I can assign tasks to him and goals and everything. And he just won't do it. Just going to have to have a talk Darn with that it. guy. <laughs> We all have those kinds of thoughts and stuff. You know, one of the things, by the way, for those of you that are thinking time management is definitely a problem that I've got also, you know, in certain ways, I can be the queen of procrastinators, although Patricia may argue, you know, that the two of us <laughs> share that title. And I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate also. But 
you know, here's the problem. Procrastination is brought on because of past failures, right? When we look at what we tried doing in the past and it didn't work, one of the reasons that we don't want to move forward and actually do something is because of those failures that stood in our way in the past. And it's our own fear of failing as humans. It's completely natural um, to have that fear. And so that adds to a lot of those procrastination issues that we come up against when we're dealing with our time and we're thinking, oh, you know what? Let me look at Facebook. And then I realize an hour and a half later, God, did I really spend an hour and a half just scrolling through Facebook? And that was before I went to Insta and then just did the same exact thing there too. Um, and for and a me, lot of us are, I have perfect tendencies. And so for me, if it's not perfect, then I can't move forward with it. One of the hardest things I've had to learn about my procrastination tendencies is good enough is good enough. Version one is better than version none <laughs> was something important that I've had to learn. And I've also learned uh, what some people refer to as the law of diminishing returns. And this is kind of another 20 principle. Uh, if 80% of the effort gets to 80% being, or I'm sorry, let's reverse that. 20% of your effort gets you to 80% done, but then to close that, to get to 100% there, that takes 80% more effort, but you're not going to get any more results. The harder you work to close that gap on perfection, you're not going to see any greater results to make it worth the effort. So for me, uh, those are some things that I've had to fight. That's right, what drives you know my procrastination. Right, and in the uh, in a prior episode, it was one of our uh, first episodes. We talked about uh, minimum viable product, right? The MVP, and that's exactly what you were just talking about, Daniel. That as you're thinking about what you're doing, good enough is good enough. What do you need to do to get out to the market for people to know and want to buy? your product, service, offering, whatever it is that you have. You know, so many people start out, oh, I got to have the most beautiful looking website and I got to have the best uh, social media and I got to have all of these bells and whistles before I can even get started offering a product. Now, here's the thing, Google and Craigslist, right? We've all heard of those two companies. And you know what? Some of you may not have heard of Craigslist, but I'm sure all of you have heard about Google. Look at their website, right? And look at Craigslist's website. Craigslist still looks like it's designed in the 1990s, right? They didn't make any update whatsoever to their website in terms of the overall design. Now, the programming and logic behind the scenes, of course, they've updated that to stay, you know, where they need to. But the design of the site is still very much the same as what it was way back when. And there's a reason for that, because it works. Google, it works. There's no need for Google to redesign the wheel, although Google's got thousands and thousands of patents for a whole bunch of other products and solutions they have. But the Google.com search engine page is the same page as when it first launched. And it was designed as simple as possible. It's 
a box and two buttons. Search and I'm feeling lucky. That is what the search box is. And so many of us think we need biggest flashy looking website because people aren't gonna buy from us. We don't. Perfect is not what is going to make someone buy from you. If they like what you offer, it answers a need they have or solves a problem they have and don't want, they are going to be more likely to want to buy from you than if you have the most flashy looking website and it doesn't address a single issue that they're dealing with. So think about that as you're moving forward. And when it comes to our time, you know, Daniel, you were saying that we have our own issues that we're dealing with being a anally retentive perfectionist. And I know a lot of people like that. Um, my absolute closest and dearest friend, he is an anally retentive perfectionist. And as a printer, as a designer, it suits him well in that regard because he can look at a piece that he receives and he can offer his critique to make it better how it can look as it goes out to the marketplace. A lot of people will simply say, you know what, I'm just gonna send it off to one of the online print people and they're just gonna print exactly what I send and it's good enough. But Larry will sit there and he will look at it and he will say, well, what can I do to really make that difference? And it's great for him and that's part of his market dominating position, right? What is mm -hmm. going to make him stand out from the rest of the competition out there when everyone else online or the office supply stores that do printing, yes, send us whatever. We're going to print it exactly how it is because we assume this is what you want. But we don't need perfection in what we do. You know, if there's a little line going down the thing, is somebody really going to have an issue with this? I don't know. Maybe. Again, if we're designers, yeah, they're going to care. If we're an accountant, if we're a coach, a consultant, you know what, is a professional no, but is it going to stop the deal from going through? Probably not, right? So mm. Daniel, let me ask you, when you realize though that this is an issue, what did you realize about it that made you say, I really should take a look at this and make a change. All right. <clears throat> I'm thinking, yeah. So we're listening now. <laughs> Jennifer just asked me a question there. Uh, let me ponder that. Um, you know, the turning point has been, uh, and this has happened so many times, um, this before I, I started my consulting practice, carried over into my practice, um, it comes down to this. I can generate such big ideas and I create large campaigns or programs or, you know, whatever the key. I would envision a huge project and I would execute it. And I would get done with that. And I would then I would come to the realization, you know what? 
all of that could have been summed up on a post-it note and could have been done in like two or three minutes, and I just spent hours on that. We all get there. I mean, we look at some funnels sometimes and a funnel for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar with it, it's the path of how you move somebody along the uh, journey from where they come into your uh, universe until they reach the end. And think about a funnel like you would have water dripping through into a bottle, right? You have the top is the entire universe. And as they move farther and farther down the triangle into the hole at the bottom of the funnel is where they eventually would become a customer. So that's what we mean by funnel. And we look at some of these ideas sometimes, and it's really funny, like you were saying, it is roomfuls of information. And for those of you just to paint an image, if you can think of the original computers, the original IBM computers that were out there that required buildings to be housed in, um, not just in the palm of your hand with your cell phone or other mobile device, it's amazing how much it shrank, but some funnels need to be as big as those computer systems from the olden times because they're so drawn out. And like Daniel's saying, it can be put on a post-it note. Um, which is really funny when you think about it, you know, where do you really need to go? Do you need to go this step? Do you really need to go that step? Project flows, all of that get confusing. But um, so getting back though to what you were saying, so you realize it could have been put on a post-it note and that that was a major aha moment for you as you were dealing with this because time management obviously comes back to where this is because if you spent 10 hours planning this out and it could have just been on a post-it note, it was 10 hours that you weren't able to do other activities exactly. for your business, whether working with clients, other lead generation activities, what have you. So what did you do about that? That you said, this is going to make a huge difference moving forward now that you realized this is the problem. Well, so I have to acknowledge regularly that this is still a problem for me uh, because my mind really goes to creative solutions to things. And I always have to stop myself before I begin submitting anything to paper or to anything electronically. I have to force myself to go through kind of an analysis phase and determine whether there may be more simpler solutions to the challenge or to the project, whatever it is I'm working on, and see if I can come up with something simpler that would accomplish the same thing. And I remember um, there's a quote, now I'm good at it. Um, Albert wrote about uh, genius is taking complex ideas and making them as simple as possible. And so I just have to take that as an aspiration of mine. I want to be a genius. So if I'm going to be this. <laughs> I'm a genius, yes. <laughs> so those of you who are out there to yourselves, well, I can't come up with creative ideas to get stuff done. If you come up with the simplest straight, you know, hit it with a sledgehammer and it's done kind of approach, you just might be a genius. <laughs> And there you go. There's hope for all. Of <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Exactly. I mean, 
uh, we always have to think, you know, what can we do? And I completely agree with you. There's a lot of times that we all need to really look at what we're doing and we all need to see and be real with ourselves, right? We need that gut check, if you will. Am I doing the right thing right now with what I'm doing? And we're always dealing with those challenges, right? Our brains are always our own worst enemy sometimes. Self-doubt is the enemy of everything, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have self-doubt, it's going to shoot you time in, time out. But Patricia, let me turn to you for a moment here as we're digesting what Daniel said and how um, a lot of you out there are probably, I definitely see that. You know, I got a little bit of that on my own too. So Patricia, let me ask you in your business, what was the biggest issue problem that you had in your business? And how did you figure that out? Uh, it's a toss up between believing I have to do it all myself. And a lot of us have that, by the way. Oh my goodness, especially if you're small. You know, chief and cook and bottle washer, chief I mean, cook and exactly bottle washer. If it is to be, it's up to me, you know, and how can you get past that? And I've been putting together a really big project <laughs> and I got mired down into the, oh, but I got to do this and oh, I got to do that. And oh, I'm not going to be able to sell this because they don't, won't believe me. <laughs> again that comes down to our self-limiting beliefs yes we all have those self-limiting beliefs that will say i can't do this because i'm an imposter right and that's the imposter syndrome absolutely totally full-blown out of this world imposter syndrome and And one sec for those of you that don't know what imposter syndrome is imposter syndrome is where you feel rationally or irrationally that people are going to see you as an imposter, as a fraud, and they're going to expose you as such because you may not know what you are doing. Now, if you are going to be doing surgery on someone, (laughs) I would really hope you know exactly what it is that you're doing for the surgery that you are doing on that particular patient. Um, I would never do surgery on somebody because I don't know what I am doing. However, in my space, I know what I am doing. I know if I am talking with a business client, how I can guide them to do what they need to do. There's a very big difference. If I were to walk into a certain you know, an operating room, I would totally have imposter syndrome for the real rational reason that I don't know what I'm doing. Right, right. And, you know, surgery is what we do on our clients' businesses. You know, we go in there and we cut stuff apart and we say, okay, we're going to throw this piece away and we're going to sew this part together and we're going to insert this thing here. It's exactly Uh, the same thing. That's insightful, Exactly, (laughs) but it's a different way that we look at it. And so I'm not using a scalpel and cutting anyone open, but I am using the toolbox that I have to rip open your business. And that's what you're saying. So 
Uh, Patricia, let's go back to where you are. And obviously the whole, you need to learn to delegate sometimes. That's a different story in terms of what it is that we're dealing with because we all get stuck in, I am too much of a control freak. Too much right? of a control freak. We all know that too. I don't have the cash flow to afford this. Uh, in my case, I'm actually putting together a new business and I'm going to be dealing with a kind of a client that I really don't have all that nitty gritty kind of um, insight into. But there's tons of people out there who know way more about their specialty, their niche that I need in this business that I can pull in, you know, and it's and so you're doing your own market research before you're going down that rabbit hole. Right. And because I had gone down my rabbit hole of, oh, I can't do any of this, then I wasn't talking to prospects and I wasn't talking to people who would be, you know, partners in the business and nothing was happening and nothing was happening. And it's, you know, it's been two, three months and a lot of nothing happening and so what happened was I finally reached out to um, an advisor, a mentor, and he said, all right, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Why are you overwhelmed? You don't have to do all of this on your own. Remember your model that you're, you know, filling for this business. And yeah, and he kind of reached me. always good to have. He, he ripped me a whole new one, which in this case, it was good because I had really gotten lost and I needed somebody to, you know, firmly redirect me. And having that third party objective um, set of eyes is really important. You know, one thing that a lot of us deal with on an everyday basis is that we are stuck in our business. We are stuck in our four walls. Now, whatever those four walls may be, it's not the literal four walls necessarily, but it can be. We don't see the problem that's right in front of us. How many of you can relate to looking at a document that you've been working on and you swear that everything in that document looks right. And then you send it over to someone else for editing and they find mistakes all over the place. Because or, or our eyes just become, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, he sends me some stuff too, which is what's really funny. <laughs> um, I look over a lot of stuff that he does. Um, we have that kind of symbiotic relationship, I guess you'd say. Um, just like I sent it to him. But in terms though of all of the things that we're looking at, we can't see the forest for the trees or the trees for the forest, however you say that, because we're so stuck in what we do every day. If we can see exactly what it is that we're doing with a fresh set of eyes, you know, one thing that I learned a long time ago is if I need to send a message to someone and I'm really upset about something, I will think about it today 
but wait to send it till tomorrow. If I'm still upset about it tomorrow, I will move forward with it. Same with any purchase, an impulse buy. If I need it tomorrow, then I can go buy it. Otherwise, sometimes I'll do it today. Now, that doesn't mean that if I see something off the bat that's like, this is going to be a game changer, that I won't immediately make that purchase, right? A mentor of mine said that if you have someone who buys a product before it's even presented, when you go to a seminar, a workshop, whatever it is that you are at, because you know it's going to be a game changer. That person is a one percenter or is going to be a one percenter really soon. That means you're at the very top in terms of your industry, wealth, whatever it is. Because you obviously know the importance of investing in yourself, investing in a solution that's going to make the right move. But let me ask you, Patricia. So as you're dealing with the mentor of yours who ripped you a new one, what did you do moving forward from there? And how did that put you on better footing to where you are right now? Oh, wow. I tell you, I was reaching out to prospective partners and and prospective, well, prospects, <laughs> just left and right. It's 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 been so opening and so freeing. It's like, yeah, I can talk to these people. I actually have something now. And where, that's where, always good. Yeah, right. where I didn't before. It was just me, and just you know, you, you end up believing the worst possible voices in your head about yourself, and it's like, uh, I can't do anything. No, it's not about me. It's about them. Completely it's changed they. the perspective. Yeah. They are saying this. By the way, who is they? You know, it's really funny. We always say, but they say. You know, <laughs> they is that little monster that lives under the stairs. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's who they is. Um, it's right here in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, Jennifer, uh, we, we want to hear from you, too. Uh, tell us about what you're challenges have been and how you've overcome that in your business. Absolutely. So here's the thing. For those of you that don't know my story, uh, for years, I was just doing payment processing solutions, uh, credit card processing, uh, gift and loyalty cards, things along those lines, all designed to help my clients get paid. And Eventually, I started uh, getting to a point where uh, I was getting more uh, requests for marketing, more requests for coaching, more requests for giving more help in terms of what people were looking for. And I was thinking, okay, I will gladly help you. And I was thinking, well, let me just make money on the uh, residual processing volume that I had been getting from my clients. Because if they went up in more sales, I was making more in commission based on what I was doing. However, that really wasn't a realistic business model 
in terms of what I was doing. And what I ended up doing was I ended up finding my own coaches and mentors. And they pointed out, how many hours do I really want to work to get to a lifestyle where I want to be at? If I wanted to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, I still probably wouldn't be getting there, which means I would have to be doing more. And obviously you can't be working every second of the day because it's just impossible. So what was I going to do? So my coaches worked with me and reshaped my business model. And it was really important in my model to make that shift. And part of that shift also included a complete brand reorganization because I was no longer only offering payment process, processing solutions. I was offering payment processing. I was offering marketing. I was offering coaching. I was offering web development and hosting. I was offering a whole slew of solutions to really make that difference. And so I needed to start operating under a different moniker that really represented more of what it is that I do on a daily basis than just payment processing. And so that realization that I needed to speak with someone happened to be, I was at an event. And it's like I said a moment ago, when you realize someone is there and they are going to make a difference for you immediately. And it was really interesting because um, my coach, Keith, got me because he called me, or he didn't actually call me. He um, spoke with me at a workshop session at a small business expo where he engaged with me and started connecting with me in a way that no other speaker ever did. And as I was listening to his story, I realized he's not so unlike me. And as he was talking with me, I realized he can actually be helping me in certain ways. And I started with him only on his marketing platform that he was offering then, not the coaching. But as I got to know him and as I got to experience he and his partner in the process, I realized they are going to be game changers for me in my business. And I was hook, line, and sinker in, in terms of taking that advice because he turned multiple businesses into seven plus figure businesses and sold them. Now, how do I do that in my business? Because we all want that million dollar business. I mean, that's the number that we all throw out all the time. Now, the million dollar business is really funny when you think about it, because are you making a million dollars take home or are you making $15,000 take home, right? I'd rather be making $500,000 and taking home 400,000 than making a million and taking home 15. That's me. I don't know where you all are. But I would imagine you want to be closer to the 400 and making the five, right? But putting that aside, when I realized that he knew what was going to make that difference, that was my turning point. And I believe that he's going to be 
in a position to really help me. And what's amazing is taking the same way that I got to Keith and Rachel and ultimately to James, who have dramatically changed my business and my model and all of the other people. I mean, the Small Business Development Center and Vince Vicari in Bergen County here in New Jersey. I mean, Vince is absolutely amazing. And for those of you that don't know, I'm an ambassador for the Small Business Development Center too. And if you need any help with the SBDC that you can't work with a direct paid expert on, let me know, reach out to me. I'd be happy to connect you at the Small Business Development Center. No matter where in the United States you are, I can connect you through my uh, New Jersey SBDC and they can connect you where you need to be. But all of these people who have been incredible mentors in my career is what was my turning point and where I am. And I realized the importance of that. Nice. Yeah. And I can all say that uh, we have benefited from coaches, advisors, mentors, and even those who are out there listening to this podcast too. I'm sure there's been someone in your life. Uh, maybe it's been a high school teacher or coach or uh, college, or maybe it's uh, someone who took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes of what it is that you, you know, maybe it's even your own parents who have been great advisors or mentors for you. But I know we have all benefited from that. And that's a great way to overcome challenges. Yeah, fantastic. It's amazing how, like I said, those third party people can be amazingly helpful. And that goes back to what we've said before in terms of having your formal or informal advisory board. You want someone as an industry mentor on your advisory board, if and when possible. Not everyone is going to see everything as competition. If you think about it, not all the time am I going to be able to take every client that comes to me. There are going to be times when clients are not going to gel with me. There are going to be times when there may be conflicts. There may be times where there's other problems that are going to require someone else being there. And so an industry mentor, someone who's been there, done that, being in a position to guide you, and very often someone who's been in your industry for a number of years, very well may be willing to serve in an informal capacity or a formal capacity on your advisory board because they understand the importance, because they were in your shoes at one point and had their own mentors as well. So think about that in your business. If you don't already have those advisory boards, definitely get them and see if you can find those mentors that can really make a difference. And again, whether it's the Small Business Development Center, it's using a business coach or consultant who can really offer you specific guided advice that works across industries or specific to your industry or the industry mentor who's been there, find those people that can really make a difference because when you can do that, you're going to be much better off. So let me ask you though, Patricia, if you were sitting here right now, which you are, and there's a small business owner out there 
and they're struggling to figure something out, right? What is my problem? Do I even think I have a problem, right? As they say, denial ain't a river in Egypt. Um, what would you recommend somebody do right now as they are trying to say, well, I really don't have any problems. Everything is great. Well, if you feel like you're struggling, then you're struggling and there's a reason for that and that's a problem. So, you know. If well, it's not just if you're struggling. It's if I'm in a position right now, right? Let's say right now business is booming. So a problem that I may have is I don't have enough staff though to bulk up in the event that there's going to be more going on. Uh, the realities of today with the virus that's out there and the need for PPE, as an example, personal protective equipment, if I work in a company that's manufacturing PPE, there is not enough people to meet the demand in terms of where we are. So my business may be through the roof because the government has already spent nearly one and a half trillion dollars on COVID-19 relief this year. That's the most I think that the US government has spent on any individual uh, specific problem in a really, really long time in a single year. So yeah. you look at what our government is doing and all the money it's spending. You know, if I was one of the pharmaceutical companies producing the vaccines, if I'm in PPE, if I am in whatever field, right, my business is through the roof, right? right? But I may not have the people. So I may not even be looking, though, at all of the issues. So it's not just my business is suffering. It's there may be an issue in my business that I may not be able to see. So look at it from that perspective. What would you counsel them, you know, in that regard as right. you would be looking to move forward? Right, right, right. Well, you should have, especially if business is good, you know, have a business advisor, have, have a coach, have somebody in there, a mentor who's helping you manage the business, even though it's booming because that's when you actually need to run it leaner and most people end up running it fatter, more sloppily because they've got all this money coming in and who cares about it? <laughs> Apparently profit margins tend to slide. That. Right. And that's actually the time to lean it down. So you need somebody in there who's I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you have to have a we bunch definitely of definitely hear where you're coming from though. Uh, you want to have the right people on your team. Yes, you need the right can people. Make sure that you're looking at the business in the right way. Now, obviously, if you're the CEO of Pfizer, as an example, uh, you definitely have your board of directors who are meeting, I would imagine, regularly via Zoom or some other conferencing platform uh, to make sure that the company is still going in the right direction. 
um, and if not the full board, definitely the specific committees that are involved in more of the oversight in terms of where things are going. Mm -hmm. But Daniel, let me ask you the same question. If you were giving counsel to someone right now, what would you suggest to people? Well, and same question. We're talking about a business that's doing well and doing is well regular. or not well. I mean, <clears throat> if they're not doing well, what would be the first point that would tip them off that things aren't necessarily through the roof great? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and obviously, I don't know if I would say necessarily revenues down year over year as the only qualifier, simply because with the pandemic, the right. realities of the marketplace are not the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I would hope that uh, most business owners are enough about their own business that they're aware uh, when things are not going well, may not be able to put their thumb on it and figure out exactly what the root cause is. Uh, but I, I would hope that most business owners out there are at least aware. Although I'm sure we can all think of a business owner not too far down the street from each of us, if you're listening to this, who may be completely clueless about their business. And we all wonder how they manage to stay in business. Um, we for can those not only then... think of someone down the street, but we can think of some major entities as well that you really have to yes, wonder what's going on. And think about even some of the larger national entities. We won't exactly say who they are for certain legal reasons. However, there are certain major uh organizations that a lot of us deal with on a regular basis that are dealing with that level of ineptitude because mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. local offices may not be paying attention. The automated phone system may not always make sense in terms of where someone is coming in. There's a whole lot of issues that may be coming up that if you had someone specifically come in and make a dramatic change to the customer flow and the customer experience can make a major difference mm -hmm. and stave off some of the competition that is very active in that space. Now, for those of you that can figure out who that is, congratulations. <laughs> um, however, like I said, for certain legal reasons, I'm going to refrain from um, calling them out by name, but anyway. Yeah, well, and so for that business owner then who knows they have a problem but can't quite put their thumb on it, um, here's what I'm gonna suggest. I mentioned at the beginning that every business has divisions, systems, uh, whatever you wanna call it. We know, going back, the sales and marketing function, an operations function, a finance function, whatever those are. So think about when you take your car into the shop, go to see a doctor. There are systems that make the car run. There are systems that are in our, and some of those systems not affect the others. So into the mechanic and you say, well, yeah, it's made uh, this loud noise in the end. Uh, the mechanic is not going to inspect your electrical system because that's not where the problem is. So the same in your business, if you know there's a problem, start to narrow down if you can, uh, because you know your business. 
So start to narrow down if you can, what system or what function in your business is giving you that problem right now. And that'll help you diagnose and figure out what to do next. Sounds good. And it's really funny when you were saying that you bring your car into the mechanic and you say it's going vroom, vroom, vroom when it's supposed to be going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you know, there's an issue. And it, were, it reminded me of, you know, the old joke, hey, doc, when I move my arm like this, it hurts. And the doctor says to stop doing that. Um, you know, we are all in that boat all too often in terms of what we're doing. We need sometimes to take a step back. And if you don't have those teams of people that are there to really make a difference, take a step back right? Go for a walk. Actually leave your office, wherever your office is, go for a walk, clear your head and try and see what your business is doing in a clear mind, mindset in terms of where you are. Because if you have a clear mind, you're going to be in a better position to look at your business in a completely different way. And it's going to allow you to start coming up with other solutions to see, well, if I'm doing this, I need to do that. I can start at least figuring out I need to do that because doctor moving my arm like this hurts, stop doing that. It's the same thing in your business. If I keep going down the path right now where I am, I'm going to end up needing that doctor because I'm going to be in pain. And so if I can stop the bleeding right now, and I know we're talking medical stuff way too much lately, <laughs> um, but if we can stop the issues before they get any worse, we can triage, again, medical term, um, what the issue is and figure out exactly how we can move forward in a much easier way. And we can stop the problem, stop the hemorrhage again, um, God, I just have a thing for medical stuff. Uh, yeah, I may have been a doctor too in a past life. Um, so as we're looking at what we're doing, you want to just take that step back. And that would be my guidance. Think about what you're doing. Try and take a step back. Find those areas. If you can't put your finger on it, that's fine. Because there may be one thing that's leading to another that's leading to another which is why you can't necessarily put your finger on this right customer service may be an issue but customer service may not be the issue because marketing and sales may have been the issue originally when the customer first found out about your product right it may have been the copy that led to the confusion that people are now calling customer service and customer service can't support the customer and so that you're having people returning products, returning purchases, canceling, whatever it is, because of the original point. So you may not be able to pinpoint exactly where it is, but that would be where a third party coming in may be able to see things clear because they do have that objective um, knowledge. And if you think about utility companies, all of them are guilty of this, right? Customer service can't do something because sales and marketing didn't do something. Sales and marketing didn't do something because the executives didn't do something. The executives didn't do something because customer service didn't do something. It's a vicious circle in terms of where they are and how they move forward. And so 
you want that ability to take that step back and really look um, at your business in a clearer light. And if it means looking at it tomorrow, not today anymore, look at it tomorrow with fresh eyes. So let me ask you both though, do you have any additional parting words? And I'm gonna purposely avoid saying anything on that. Um, <laughs> well, if you're having some, you know, situation in your business, you've got a problem in your business. The best way I found to start to solve these things is to write it out. Um, and try such, and stick it to a post-it. Well, <laughs> we might get to the post-it. I have found that when I ask a question about some problem that I'm struggling with, when I actually sit down, write it out, describe the problem, describe what I've tried, and actually ask somebody, and you have to have this, you know, some of this background information for them, quite often I can actually come up with my own solution. For those of you, by the way, that haven't heard of it, there's a concept known as the seven whys. Just thinking of that. If too, you Jennifer. ask yeah. a question, why is that? Why is that? Why do you think that? If I go into my business and I say my business isn't growing, first question would be why? Well, it's because of this. Why? Because of that. Why? That is exactly, I think, where Patricia's going in terms of these questions as you're looking in your business. And I didn't mean to cut you off on that if that's where you were going. But the seven whys, though, is really good. And whether you have someone else ask those questions, or you ask yourself. Here's the key, though. Don't BS yourself. Because if you're BSing yourself, it's you that you're fooling and you can't really fool yourself and you have to really be upfront and honest and upfront in terms of what you're doing because otherwise there's no room for growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was thinking the same thing when it comes down to that problem solving, uh, the, the five whys or the seven whys. Yeah. Depending on which website you Line is a great way to uh, start to drill down in and discover root cause. And if you just want to Google that, uh, Google search on root cause analysis, and there are so many different methods out there. The five whys is one. Bone diagram would be another root causes tool. There's so many free root cause analysis tools out there that do some diagnosis yourself. Uh, just, just then when it comes to applying solutions, um, that's where your own experience may not have the best solution. It'd be nice to kind of shop that problem with trusted advisors and see what other solutions you can come up with. And there you have it. We're going to end it on that as your trusted advisors for uh, Patricia Rosatello, Daniel McCrane. I'm Jennifer Glass, and this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like us, leave us a review, share the love with your friends. Um, as they say, sharing is caring. And if you don't like us, I'm sure you already left us a review of that as well. So uh, we thank you for listening, though, all the same. 
have a wonderful day.